Shout out Sean. Changing the game through real estate. Yeah. Changing the game through real estate. I can never wait. So, um, so my husband and um, one of our neighbors actually used to just got really kind of involved in home brewing. Um, they used to hang out in the garage and have guy time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I always joke that the, the beer finally got good. Jim, um, who is our, our business partner, my husband, Sean and Jim are the owners of the brewery. Um, so, you know, we, we joked, Jim would always be like, just give the beer like two more weeks. And we were like, it's already been a year. It's not getting better. Um, so, <laughs> so they did a lot of, you know, a lot of R and D, a lot of research and, um, and, uh, really, Jim really kind of honed the the skill. Um, started entering beers in homebrew competitions and started winning homebrew competitions. Um, and that was really when Virginia opened up the opportunity for there to be brewery tap rooms. Um, before that, there were a couple breweries that basically they could only just sell beer to go. Um, so yeah. they could sell kegs or they could sell growlers or they could put their beer into distribution, um, like for grocery stores, things like that. Um, but otherwise you know, you couldn't have, a, you know, a, a place like Big Ugly. You couldn't have a place where people could come in, sit at a bar and drink the beer um, and spend time there. So the laws changed. Um, and you know, we had some friends who were very much encouraged us to um, consider opening a brewery, talked about investing. And that was kind of the thing that put it over the top. And we, so we were like, okay, well, like, let's, maybe we should think about this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I tease my husband, I still have the piece of paper that he and Jim wrote out what they said it would cost for us to open a brewery. <laughs> it ended up being a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> they suckered, they suckered us wives in. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it was great. I don't know if you guys had ever, did you come to the original Big Ugly or have you only been to the new one? Uh, I think I've only went to the new one. Okay. Where was the Where was the original one? So the original one was about a mile south in a little shopping center um, on right on Battlefield Boulevard, kind of right after that fork where you can yeah. stay on Battlefield um, South or you can get onto the bypass. Right. Um, so where like capers and big ugly exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, and so we were in first space was about twenty one hundred square feet, um, and we did a lot of things in 2,100 square feet, um, brewed a lot of beer and, um, fit a lot of people in there. Thank goodness. Uh, we, we didn't have to worry about COVID and, um, cause we didn't have any outside space. I mean, it would, it would have been tough if we had um, been down there during COVID. Um, and so our plan was always, if we, um, that in three years, we hoped that we would be moving to another place, expanding, you know, that that was kind of our timeline. Um, and that was, that was really what we aimed for. We invested everything that we made back into the business. Um, we all, uh, worked other full-time jobs at the same time. Unfortunately, again, there were, there was four of us. So the guys and, um, so Sean and, um, Jim, and then his wife and I, um, and so we were able to, with three and a half years, uh, we opened up our new place, the one that you've been to, the big one on Battlefield, um, a little bit farther north. So 
Um, I guess we're going back from the the garage part. I feel like every great business starts from like a garage. Right. Uh, exactly. Every good idea starts with beer. So you have something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So did they, did, how did they learn how to uh, brew? Did they just kind of like wing it from trial and error or like? Yeah. So Jim's wife got him. There's, there's a kit. It's called a Mr. Beer kit. it's like the literal like brewing for dummies kind of thing like it's more like uh it's more like an easy bake oven kind of for beer (laughs) you know it's like all the things you you boil the you know um i've never done a a mr beer kit but that's my understanding of it um and so what a lot of homebrewers will do is they kind of start out with something like that and then they move to like brewing with like all grain and you know kind of just again like like anything else learning to cook yeah. Um, you kind of, you know, increase the um, recipe development and figure out things that you like and things you don't like um, and do a lot of troubleshooting. Um, my husband, we've talked to so many people who have said, um, oh, you know, I'm going to open up a brewery like I've brewed a couple beers and they're really good. Um, and my husband always says, if you haven't brewed bad beers, you're not ready. Because, you know, you have to, you have to be able to make the mistakes, figure out what the mistakes are um, and how to fix them, you know, before you, you know, you can't, you don't want to always have, have things kind of work out perfectly. You know, you want to, you want to really understand what the process is and what's going on with it. Because a lot of people always think like, oh, their, their stuff is always good. So they could be like. Oh, it could be really good, but uh, not really. Is it really that good? Right. Because you got to be, especially with beer and, um, and I'm, I've. I'm not the the best at detecting these, but there's, you know, very particular like off flavors that are created by very particular problems in the brewing process. Um, And so if you don't know what those are, if you don't know how to recognize them, if you don't know what causes them um, and now you're brewing on, you know, a large scale, um, you know, you may be dumping a lot of beer down the drain Um, and that's a lot of money. (laughs) So, so take us down your path of like getting that first space. Like you, I guess you found a, found a spot to lease and everything like that. You just got all your numbers together. What was like um, kind of like the overhead? Yeah. Like the process to go about doing that. Yeah. Um, like you said, obviously, you know, we were kind of simultaneously doing several things, uh, doing a lot of research as far as the licensing goes. Um, <clears throat> of course, when you're dealing with alcohol, you know, you're, we're dealing with licensing on a city level, on a state level, and then on a federal level. And so you kind of have to have all those licenses in place um, before you can do anything. Uh, so we were kind of working on the licensing, looking for a space, um, looking for equipment, um, and, and going through kind of all of that at the same time. Um, yeah. We looked at several spaces. Um, the space we found, it's funny because we had a lot of people that we talked to who said, why would you ever put a brewery there? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not like in Greenbrier, they were like, you should go Greenbrier or you should be, you know, everyone of course has ideas. And, um, and I I kept (laughs) saying, (laughs) and even my dad, my dad was like, I mean, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be supportive, but like, like this is your place. And I kept telling him, I was like, dad, like, this is the spot, like, this is our home. Um, we live three miles from the brewery. Um, I was like, this is where we're supposed to be. Like Chesapeake needs this. Um, we joked, um, right before we really started, um, doing the planning for the brewery, there had been an article that came out in the paper that voted Chesapeake as the third most boring city in the (laughs) state. 
And so for a long time, we were like, we're making Chesapeake less boring, one bear at a time, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, we had to convince a lot of people that that was the right place to be. Um, and it's so, I mean, it, like, no, like never, we never looked back. I mean, it was, was definitely saying, clearly right. you were right in that decision. Yeah, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was great. And it, and we had extra challenges too, being the first brewery in Chesapeake. So, you know, we went to the city and the city was kind of like, you want to do a what? Um, you know, Norfolk had, you know, I don't even know how many by then. Um, yeah. so, you know, so they were very familiar with it. Um, we had to, um, like go through some rezoning stuff in order to be able to manufacture, you have to be zoned a little bit different than say, if you wanted to open up, um, like a retail store. Um, so we had lots, kind of lots of simultaneous like research projects going on at the same time. Cause I heard, uh, can't, uh, like breweries be zoned for like industrial and, or <laughs> something like that. Cause you know how like, I guess certain most restaurants and everything they have to have a food to alcohol uh, ratio, mm -hmm. but like for breweries, y'all are like almost like the loophole because the alcohol isn't as high, so you can technically identify as industrial. Is that right? No. So the the reason um, that we that breweries don't have to have food is through that bill that was passed um, that I was mentioning earlier that kind of changed what we could do as a brewery. Um, where the line is is we can only serve our own beer. So as a brewery, you're allowed to like only serve beer and not have to serve food, not have to um, worry about those ratios. Um, but you can't serve cider. You can't serve wine. You can't serve another brewery's beer. Um, you can mm -hmm. only serve beer that you brew on site. Yeah. Um, and so as long as you do that, then you're not required to have food stuff. Um, as far as the zoning goes, yeah, you, like I said, we, you can't, um, obviously you can't like have a residential zoning and build a brewery. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you know, there's different kind of levels of zoning. Um, there's zoning for like manufacturing. And like you said, there's industrial zoning. Um, so you have to make sure that your property is zoned the right in the way that allows you to use the property for that permit. So when we got the, when we bought the property we're at now, we also had to have that rezoned. It was zoned what's called O and I, which is basically like a restaurant could have gone there. An office building could have gone there, but because we manufacture a product, we had to have the zoning changed. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Is that a difficult process or? Um, for the first space, it was not, you know, we went to city council and, um, city planning, city council, and they were in favor. Um, and that was, you know, fairly easy for the, for our new space. It was a little bit more of a challenge. Um, the, you know, we back up to a neighborhood and a lot of the neighbors were concerned. Again, I don't think they quite understood like what a brewery is. And I, I'm sure many of them imagined like a nightclub, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and we always tell people, I mean, we close at 10. We're like, we're too old. Like we don't want to be out late, you know? Um, <laughs> so we're like, we're promised we are not going to be out there party until two. Um, so there was a, there was a lot of, um, concern from the neighbors. Um, so we yeah. spent a lot of time kind of working with them and working with city council, uh, to make sure that we were, that, that everybody felt like we were going to be good neighbors and respectful neighbors. Um, and the great news is we have a lot of people from that neighborhood who come to the brewery now. And whenever they come in, they'll be like, oh, I live right behind here. Um, and I'll always ask them, I'm like, are we okay? Are we good neighbors? And they all are like, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. That's a win-win scenario. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
We found out shortly after we moved into our current space, an article came out um, and my husband was so excited, but it was something like if you live within X amount of miles of a brewery, like your property value increases by 10% or something. So he- <laughs> there you go. Selling feature right there. <laughs> what does that look like? I guess, as far as like when you're like trying to win the neighbors over for a rezoning purpose, is it like going door to door, having the conversation with them? Is it dropping off like free beer on their doorstep? <laughs> right. What does that look like? Yeah. No, we, I mean, my husband and I, we went, we literally went door to door. Well, first we kind of gave everybody a letter that said, hey, here's what we're doing, like, and kind of explained who we were. Um, then we went door to door and, um, and then the neighborhood also set up uh, like a, kind of like a civic league kind of meeting. And so we went to that and we, you know, listened to their concerns. Um, And then we spent a lot of time with the city planning commission and then city council um, just kind of going over things, you know, saying, okay, well, we um, we're going to close at 10. Like that was our, those were our previous hours and we had planned to keep those hours, but like, it's actually like in the city paperwork that we have to close at 10 in order to, um, you know, remain good neighbors. Uh, So we, we agreed to that. Um, Things like if we um, have live music that we will, you know, make sure we close the side garage door, you know, just, you know, things to just be respectful of of neighbors' lifestyles and things like that. Um, But a lot of time with city council, again, a lot of time answering questions about just kind of how we work and how we, you know, ideally we're not going to be disruptive to the um, neighborhood and and to um, the people that lived around us, so. So when when you were first starting like opening day at the, the original location, was it like a instant hit or did it kind of like it was like kind of like a learning curve, kind of figure out how to market in the boringest city in the world? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so my favorite story from that day is so my children were gosh, let me think now. My son was like nine, I think. Um, so, and my daughter was probably 12. So they had, you know, been in there a lot with us, you know, doing things. They were very familiar with it. So they came to opening day to, you know, kind of help like wash dishes and be there. And, um, we were inside getting ready to open and my son comes running in the door and he says, mom, there is a line to the end of the building. And I was just like, no, no, there's not. So I handed him my phone. I was like, go take a picture and show me. <laughs> so he comes running back in with this. I mean, there was a line to the end of the building. It was wall to wall people. Um, it was amazing. It was amazing. The support that we had from, you know, literally from starting. Um, it was, it was the right time. Um, my husband jokes, he's like, we're finally on time for something. Um, you know, everybody was very excited about breweries um, and about craft beer and people yeah. were really just learning about it. Um, so we really, um, it just hit the ground running and I'm trying to remember, I want to say we went through like, we were open five hours the first night and 10 hours the second day. And then we were talking about opening the third day. Sorry about that. And, um, we literally were like, we're going to run out of beer. Like we literally don't have beer to be open for the third day if we want to be able to open on Friday again. Because originally we were just open Friday and Saturday. Um, So I think, I mean, I think we went through like 25 or something um, half kegs in like 15 hours. Uh, It was, yeah. What year was this? What year did y'all open again? That was 
2015, February okay. 2015. Yeah. So we yeah, are, we, we just passed. Hard. Yeah. So we had six year, our six year anniversary in February of this year. Um, and then we just passed three years in our current building. Nice. So how, how'd y'all get the word out originally? Was it just word of mouth or? It was, yeah. Lots of social media stuff, of course. Um, we, it, and that was really, yeah. I mean, people just talking about it and then um, social media. Yeah. yeah. an exciting in Chesapeake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Great Bridge is, I don't, you know, I'm not, I think you guys live in Great Bridge. Yeah. yeah we so you know, I agree. I think it was the perfect spot because all the like fun stuff is yeah. typically in Greenbrier. But exactly. Not that it's a long drive, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to drive there every night. Exactly. So, yeah. And especially at like five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when you're trying to get through the bridge or something. Exactly. Yeah. And we always said we were like, this is our home. Like we're supposed to be like we want to do this like in our home, like for our home. Um, and you know, at that point, as I said, our kids were like nine and 12, but you know, we used to, when we were, um, when the kids were younger, we'd get a babysitter and we'd go out to dinner and then we'd be like, okay, well, if we're going to drink, like, you know, if we're going to go out for another beer, we can go to Norfolk or we can go out to Virginia beach or we could just go home. <laughs> yeah. So we'd come home and the poor sitter would be like, why are you back? And <laughs> We were like, ah, and I really just want anything else to do. So we came home. <laughs> there you go. So we were happy to provide that for other people, you know, to say, hey, there's, there is stuff to do in Great Bridge. And did did you all have any like previous business experience before you started this or? Not really. I mean, we really, um, you know, I, I have worked in various industries. Um, so my, my business partners, so Jim um, is a nurse practitioner. Um, yeah. And his wife, Michelle, is an emergency room nurse. Um, my husband um, has been in sales, um, yeah. various um, industries. And then my career, um, I'm a clinical social worker. So I was um, working in private practice doing mental health um, therapy. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Um, so we kind of came at it from all these different angles, which is part of why it worked. You know, yeah. I think if we had all, you know, if we had all been salesmen, <laughs> that, you know, we kind of all would have come, you know, so we really all had, you know, these different perspectives as far as, um, kind of our life experience. Sean worked in restaurants and bars. I worked in restaurants and bars forever as a second job. Um, so I had a lot of experience in that realm with like customer service and um, just kind of problem solving in that sort of environment. Well, because y'all were like a, a teen, did y'all kind of have to like go through like a trial area uh, area to like identify whose role is what? Like, hey, you do this, you do this. How did y'all go about structuring or especially being friends yeah. and married yeah. as well. I'm sure that was <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, there's, you know, there's always challenges uh, with that, you know, cause we all, um, you know, it's, it's four people, um, you know, and um, on the flip side, I always tell people, I'm so glad there's was four of us because if it was just me and one other person having to make decisions all the time, like it was really nice to always be able to come to the table and get four perspectives. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there are a lot of times you're like, oh, yeah, I really didn't think about it like that. Or um, So I feel like it, it really was very helpful for us to have. And y'all could be each other's marriage counselors. Just like, oh. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with her that time. <laughs> That's why we all drink. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So, so y'all have um, your husband and Jim side as the brewery, and then you were saying you own the distribution side. Correct. So can you talk to us about 
why that split? Does it have to be? Did you choose for it to be that way? That yeah. Happen? So, so Virginia is an, well, it's an interesting state there, and there are other states that are like this as well, but um, in Virginia, they, it's what we call a three tier state. So you, the, the, there's a tier for manufacturing. So like a brewery and then the top tier or the third tier is retail. So that's going to be like your bars, your restaurants, your grocery stores, people who sell the alcohol. Um, but as a manufacturer, you're not allowed to sell it to somebody who's going to sell it. So, so you have to go in Virginia, you have to go from a manufacturer like a brewery to a, distribu- a distributor who then brings that to the restaurant, bar, grocery store. Um, it's an old law. It's, it's like prohibition era laws. Um, and really prior to us doing what we did, there were several um, big distributors in the area and they... You know, I mean, it's like, you know, they deliver Budweiser. I mean, they deliver, they work with big volume breweries. Um, and we we talked with a couple of them and we just, I was like, guys, like, we're a super small brewery. Like if they come in here and ask us for 50 kegs, we're not going to have any beer to serve in the tap room. Um, and we, you know, we kind of talked about it a lot. Um, one of the other challenges is that those uh, distribution companies, when you, um, sign with them, it's a lifetime contract. Oh, wow. So, you know, if big ugly signed with one of these distributors, um, there's really not a lot of opportunity to change the terms of that contract once, no, once cool. they're set. Um, you know, and saying so, you hear stories, you know, I mean, and everybody has a story and everybody has a side as to, you know, where things went wrong, but it was just kind of, we were a little concerned about that. And, really that we just were like, we're so small. Like we don't even know what we want yet. But what we knew we wanted was to be able to take our beer to a couple bars that uh, friends of ours own um, and be able to take our beer to festivals. Um, So my brain's always just ticking away. Um, So at some point I just was like, I wonder if I could distribute our beer. So I called our local ABC agent and kind of explained to him what I was thinking about. And he was like, yeah, you just have to, you know, you can't own the brewery because again, you can't own in more than one tier. Um, he was like, but you know, everything has to be completely separate, but yeah, you could own a distribu- distribution company and your husband could be one of the owners of the brewery. Um, so we started kind of moving forward with that. Um, and originally I was like, well, I'm just going to do this for like six months and then we'll, we'll know like what we want in a contract with somebody else. And once we started doing it, I was like, I think this is a really good plan. Um, and then other breweries started approaching me and saying like, Hey, would you be interested in distributing our beer as well? Oh, um, Cause you're in that other tier. So mm-hmm. you can do very exactly. Good. And they were like, we kind of like what you're doing. And again, like we're a small brewery. Um, you know, some of the first breweries that I worked with, I mean, I would go there and pick up like two kegs, but I was like, okay, I have a really small cooler. I don't want 50. (laughs) Um, and so I always say, you know, I I delivered in my mom van. Um, and because again, this was not like, I'm still working my day job. And, you know, really I was like, this is just kind of this side thing I'm doing to kind of help out a little bit. Um, and it just eventually grew and grew. Um, once we got to our space now, um, we built a, a huge cooler out back and I split that. I rent half of it. The brewery uses half of it. I use half of it. And that really opened up the opportunity to have um, to work with a lot more breweries because then we can we have space to store the product. 
That's awesome. Because you were essentially filling the problem that you had as a small brewery, yes. not going to those big, big right. people. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. So we distribute for, so right now I have, um, I work with one cidery. Um, I work with two meaderies. Um, people always look at me funny. I'm like, it's not, it's not meat like hamburger, but mead like uh, honey wine. Yeah. Um, and then um, I think probably all together, we, we work with about 30 breweries now. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So you just get the connections from like started with yourself and people started reaching out to you or. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there was a, there was definitely, a, there were a couple people that, you know, reached out in the beginning and then it's funny how things evolved. So then it was definitely me going, Hey, like I heard this brewery's opening in Norfolk. Let me go talk to them and see if they're interested in working with us. And, um, and then now we, I mean, so fortunate. I mean, now I have people contacting me from, um, in, in Virginia, from North Carolina, from other States. Um, just this week we had somebody reach out, um, I think from New Jersey, um, saying like, Hey, we'd really like for you to distribute our product. We like what you're doing. Um, so it's pretty exciting. So now I just need more space again because <laughs> I can't bring yeah. any more stuff in to get it back out. Yeah. So, um, you distribute, uh, everyone's alcohol. Where do you, uh, distribute it to this? Yeah. So we distribute, um, up to, uh, Richmond and, okay. um, down through the outer banks. Okay. Just to like other like breweries or I'm, yes, I just don't so know. Yes. Yeah, so we sell, um, beer to, to bars, to restaurants, um, bottle shops, grocery stores, um, markets, um, all kinds of things. We have, um, uh, it's, it's when you, when you start to look, you realize how many places have beer that you like didn't even think about. Um, my daughter adopted, I'm gonna give a little shout out cause I love this place. My daughter adopted, um, two cats from Kitty Kingdom. Have you, I don't know if you've heard of this place on Cedar Road, but you go and you can like sit and play with the kitties. Um, so she ended up taking two home. But, um, you know, I started talking to the owner while I was there. And so now she carries a couple beers of ours. Um, oh, yeah. You can drink coffee while you're petting the kitties or drink beer. And <laughs> that's a great <laughs> little setup. There you go. <laughs> um, and as a smaller distributor, you know, we're able, we're just able to be a lot more flexible. So if she calls and she's like, hey, I want, I only need one case of beer you know, and not then I'm, oh, and, and we're willing to do it, you know, because we're not running in 18 wheeler trucks. We're not in my mom van anymore. I do yeah. have like actual cargo vans, and stuff yeah. now, but, um, you know, it's not a big deal. They're around the corner. So we'll bring them a $35 case of beer and her customers are happy and she's happy. Yeah. And, Go ahead. I was just going to say, do a lot of the customers come to you because do you do a different model where you don't do that lifetime commitment that the bigger guys Yeah, do? we we have um, a shorter uh, term, but it's kind of like a repeating term. So in other words, because um, again, you know, because if we're in Virginia, you have to meet certain requirements as far as contract law. So if everybody's happy, it's essentially a lifetime contract. If somebody's not happy, then there's very like designated intervals where we can go, hey, let's talk about this. It's not working out. Um, and then we can renegotiate things. So that was very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess like timeline, you started in uh, 15 was the least location, right? 
And that was mm-hmm. like op- that was the opening. When did what year did you move to like your brick and mortar building that you're in now? Yeah, the current. So we opened there August of 2018. 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did, I know you originally were saying that you just like saved everything from the mm-hmm. original spot. Did you take out any loans for that, or did you just like? buy that in uh, yeah so our original place um we were super fortunate we had um we were able to basically find mostly friends families family acquaintances that were willing to invest um and so we didn't have to do any bank loans for for that Um, and we had a lot of sweat equity yeah (laughs) we you know i literally tiled the bathrooms myself there you Um, go so it was a lot of sweat equity um which was fine i used to joke i I was telling our our brewer or or jim the other owner i was like well you know jim if this whole like i'm in the bathroom like tiling and putting my little things in and i was like if this whole brewery thing doesn't work out like we could just like go out and like start a tile business i was like i think we're doing a good job he was like yeah but we're really slow and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. We're y'all not could been all chi- in the details. Y'all could have been chipping Joanna Gaines. Y'all could have been doing <laughs> <Yeah, right>. fixer <laughs> upper. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were super fortunate that, you know, again, we found we had people who um, really believed in what we were doing. Um, and so we were able to um, pay most of them off while we were still at the old location. Um and then still, again, put everything else back into the brewery so that we had, um, you know, down payments. When we got to the second, obviously, you know, buying, buying property and, um, you know, building a building from scratch, that was that was a bank loan. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. It was a lot of paperwork, a lot of bank loan. But, you know, the bank was, they were amazing. They they were like right there with us the whole time and helping us work through everything with the builder and, um you know, very just, again, kind of community-based. And how long did that process take? Like you were in your current building, you were like, oh, we want to buy this property. Kind of just generally, what was the timeline between when you purchased and when you opened those doors? Yeah, that's it. I'm guessing it was probably a year. Okay. Because I remember, because we broke ground, I want to say in like January. I remember it was really cold when they were taking the trees down. <laughs> um, so I feel like it was January and then we opened in August. So it was, it was probably almost a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know if commercial would take like twice as long as like residential right. or what, but that's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty quick. I was expecting a lot longer. Yeah, it really is. I mean, once they started doing stuff, it was, it's crazy how fast, you yeah. know, we would just go up there each day, like every day. Sean, my husband and I would go up there and like take pictures and be like, "What did they do today?" You know, um, it was yeah, it was really cool. And we had our, our builder put up a like like a webcam, so you, we could like watch what was going on on the site. And then at the end, you could do like a fast forward, like start to finish, which the was time super lapse. cool. Yeah, yeah, I've there seen a few of those. They're pretty cool. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I guess my one of my main questions, do you have any pieces of like advice for anyone wanting to like get into the brewery business uh, or like start a business themselves? Do you have any like advice that you wish you would have known when you you and your team started? Um, I mean, I think the most important thing is is really like just doing your research. I mean, you just you know, I mean, I joke about the piece of paper 
then the number that my husband and Jim came up with was not anywhere close to accurate. Um, <laughs> but it all worked out. But that was yeah. also, we, you know, we were, you know, one of the things when, when we opened our first location, literally on opening night, somebody came up to us and was like, you should have built a bigger place. Like you've already outgrown this place. And we, and we were like, well, you weren't giving us money. (laughs) Like, you know, it was so important to us in the, in our first space, you know, we weren't going to go and like get a million dollars in debt. You know what I mean? It was really important. And, you know, and there's kind of two, I think, directions that people go with breweries and probably businesses in general. I'm just obviously most familiar with breweries, Um, you know, where they do, they just, you know, go out and do this really, you know, kind of grand thing. And that was grand financing. Um, for us, I always say I had to be able to sleep at night and I was not going to be able to sleep at night if that was, you know, if we had in my mind, well, we had a product I believed in, it wasn't proven. You know what I mean? There was no brewery in Chesapeake before. Um, again, I loved our beers. I knew they were quality beers, but I, you know, who knows what everybody else was going to think. So it was really important to us that we did everything again, as much work as we could on our own. Um, as much, you know, research as we could do, um, and really just kind of tried to make really smart financial decisions from the beginning. Um, cause it's stressful enough to open up a business, but it's really stressful when, you know, if you feel like you're not going to be able to pay all those bills once you get open. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Did, um, did y'all have like, when y'all started your business, I know you had the money, do you have a good, uh, like buffer, like a, a good savings that y'all could like like fall back on if it didn't, it wasn't like immediate hit or. Um, gosh, that feels so long ago now. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I think if we, I mean, we had, you know, like personal things, you know, like we could yeah. have, we could have pulled things, you know, we could have say, you know, taken out a second mortgage or pulled out our 401k or things like that, things we yeah. didn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we also felt, you know, pretty strongly that, okay, if, if this doesn't work out, like, okay, we would resell the equipment, you know, that was yeah. a chunk of, of obviously the, the startup cost, you know, like what, you know, what would our options be in evaluating that, right? If we get a year down the road and we're like, yeah, this, you know, we picked the wrong spot or it's not working or, um, you know, what would we have that we would be able to then kind of get back out of the company? So it would be like a good piece of advice to like, think of like, like, uh, like realistic goals, like, Hey, if, if everything doesn't all pan out, we can still at least do this. So you don't like come into a situation where like you lose your home or house and exactly. An exit plan of yeah. Some kind. exactly. Yeah. Cause you hear about that all the time. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I mean, and it, yeah, it just, yeah, it hurts my heart. Cause it's, you know, again, I know how stressful it was to open the business without, you know, without my house being on the line without, you know, like, you know, without again, some huge bank loan, um, just the regular day to day, like, okay, how are we going to logistically put all this together was tough enough. Um, and with those other things, it's, that's really stressful. So that now that big Ellie's like kind of been established has kind of been really successful. The distribution uh, centers, uh, going really well. Like what's, what's the goal now? Like what's, do y'all have a next step? Like what's the, what's the mission? Yeah, it's funny. My husband, we literally were talking about that last night because um, he said, you know, we really should go back to our business plan and like say, okay, we need to make a business plan for the next five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And, and I was like, well, and personally, I was like, I really am not, I'm not going to retype a business plan because I typed the first <laughs> one. It was like 30 pages. But it was super important, obviously. And I'm glad we did it. But um, yeah. So, but I was like, yeah, we're not going to actually retype a business plan. I said, but yeah, we definitely are out of place now where, right. Things are pretty established. You know, we, um, we recently just hired a general manager, which is huge because up until, um, about four months ago, one of the four of us was on site all the time. Anytime we were open, I should say, um, which is, I think, pretty rare for a business. Um, but it was really important to us. It was important to our customers. Um, they loved that. They felt, um, you know, they enjoyed us being there and talking to us and building relationships with us. Um, and so, you know, bringing him on was was a really big deal um, to kind of give us a little bit of uh you know, space back in our, in our lives. Um, and so now we're like, okay, so right. What's next. Um, so that's kind of what we're talking about as far as distribution goes. Um, we are looking to expand, um, just literally like our footprint, looking to have more space to be able to bring in other, uh, breweries. Um, I have a warehouse space in North Carolina because we have to have that to be able to distribute in North Carolina, but I'm also looking for a warehouse space in Richmond, um, cause if we have, have, uh, like kind of a home base up in Richmond, then we can expand to like Charlottesville and maybe up to Fredericksburg, um, oh, okay. and expand our footprint that way as well. So we have kind of some real definite or more definite, more defined, um, plans as far as growth goes, um, just looking for the right spaces, um, literal spaces to be able to do that. Very cool. All right. And, uh, where can we find you? Like I know locally, um, South Battlefield here in Great Bridge, but as yes. far as like social media or anywhere, um, where yes, can we so find you? Know, or yeah, out? so we're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I think we still have a Twitter. We don't. I don't know if people use Twitter anymore. I have no idea. But Instagram and I Facebook for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I never used Twitter. I never quite got it. But you know, then again, I'm I'm a little older, so um, that was kind of out of my wheelhouse. Um, but lots, you know, we we are everything as far as our. Um, you know, calendars each week. Um, we have food trucks every day on site. Um, some days on the weekends, we're starting to have two. Um, we have events. Uh, we have live music. Um, usually four or five days a week, we have live music at night. Awesome. Um, tomorrow, we have a like a huge um, like fall bazaar, you know, with a bunch of, I mean, I think there's 30 or more like craft kind of uh, vendors coming out. Um, and then we'll do another one in December, right before Christmas um, at the brewery. Um, sorry, he's getting fussy. <laughs> he's like, I need to, to throw the tennis ball. Um, so all of that stuff is online on, on social media. Um, we, of course, have a website as well, biguglybrewing.com. Um, and you can see all of the events that we have coming up. We're scheduled out um, live music and food trucks for probably like the next six months. Um, all kinds of events, fundraisers, um, we've got a little league fundraiser next weekend. Um, I mean, we have Cub Scouts selling popcorn. Uh, we do all kinds yeah, yeah. of fun things. We have a huge Halloween party coming up. Um, we're going to have the ax throwing people out there, which I'm super okay. excited about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're going to do, uh, we're going to have a bunch of vintage cars, um, come up and do like a trunk or treat thing for the kids on Halloween, on Halloween Sunday. Um, so yeah, we try to kind of have a little bit for everyone. And again, you can find all of that on, um, Facebook, Instagram, or on the website. Okay. 
And then anybody that listens to this and hears your distribution business, can they find you on that website as well? Um, yeah, actually mine's a separate one. So it's prettyuglydistribution.com. And um, it, we have it all broken out so you can see which breweries we distribute for in each area. Um, similar to, to the uh, tiers, everything in Virginia, again, also works kind of territory-wise. So like I have some breweries that I distribute here on what we call the South Side, but I don't distribute them in Richmond and some are the opposite. So each geographical area, we have a different list of breweries that we distribute for. Um, so all of that is on there. 